You're listening to Drums and Guns with your hosts, Brian DeChristopher and Jason Touchstone. I mean, they don't have pants on? Is that it? I mean, we don't. Uh, hey, hey, I heard hey, you there. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you. I can. Perfect. <laughs> Down there in Florida. Yeah, yes, right now. Sir. Yes, yeah. sir. I'm actually house uh, watching my uh, my uh, kid's house right now. So his dog's in about sleeping. I don't know if you can see her on the couch. <laughs> I can. I thought it was a body. Yeah, <laughs> she'll probably come up here in a little bit, but yeah, I'm I'm uh, taking care of his his place for a day, and uh, he went had to go do some business stuff, and so uh, yeah. But uh, how you guys been? Man, I'll tell you, it's been wet. It's been very wet <laughs> up here. Really, it's been raining nonstop for like the last gosh eight days, nine days, something like that. Are you in Seattle? So where you at? Just north of yeah. Okay, yeah. When was the last time you were up here? Ooh, uh, before the pandemic, we did. The, I think we actually played in Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably in January or early February, something like that. And that was our last tour, you know. So it was one of those, you know, everybody knows the whole story to that, <laughs> right? Unfortunately, yeah. and then and then you guys just got boned on another show that you were going to do, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 never ending like kind of thing, you know. It's a, I mean until everybody, it, this whole thing kind of blows over, which is not really blowing over quick enough. But um, until that really starts happening, when people can go back out again when they open up stuff, you know, then then we'll be we're going to be the last to come back basically. But yeah, but they're telling us there's dates on on the uh, on 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 the site that are are going to happen. Um, so I'm just hoping that, you know, it's the next one, next show that's up there. I believe it's in, I think it's May, I believe is the next show. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it's in Indiana or something, but oh, okay. uh, so we'll see. I don't, I don't know how open they are. I mean, Florida's open. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just down there. Yeah. If we had, a, if we had a show in Florida, we'd be fine. <laughs> But, you know, unfortunately, there's no shows here yet. So, but, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I was just down there, I think, what was it, uh, maybe about three weeks ago. What part, what part were you at? I was right over in your neck of the woods. Where did you, and you did, did you, did you hit me up? I don't remember. Where? I didn't because we were oh. there on an emergency, you know, family mm-hmm. and stuff. And, uh, Sorry, and you yeah. know, I had thought about it. I was like, but it would be really, it would have been dickish of me to skate out on family during a time like that. So I didn't, but I, I thought about it. I thought about hitting you up and seeing if you wanted to go get some vegan food or something. Yeah. Uh, I, are, are you vegan? I didn't know. I am You're... not, but I'm willing to comply. <laughs> good. It's good stuff. Yeah. I, I don't, I've really never told anybody that maybe I've told you that I'm, I'm, you know, I've started doing a vegan thing, but, and I post stuff every now and then, but I don't tell, I really don't tell anybody because, you know, like, what what you eat what you, what you eat and what you, you know your religion and what your politics are it's like everybody goes crazy over that mm-hmm. it's like you know so i don't talk about what i eat what i do and anything really but uh yeah i've been vegan for a year now so i have cheated a couple of times but i've mm-hmm. been a pescatarian for eight years mm-hmm. which means i only eat fish right so um 
and after that it was you know that kind of changed everything really and then uh i own fish so that's kind of one of the reasons why i stopped eating fish <laughs> right once you figure out they start once you start to figure out they have a personality dude they're so they're crazy I, yeah. I used to have an oscar that was like you, you know you know what oscars are there's oh yeah absolutely. Yeah, and they get pretty big about the size of a shoe and mm -hmm. uh and once they start getting older they get about two or three years old they start getting yep. pretty smart you know, and they recognize people and they know when it's dinner time and everything like that. You can get them oh, to yeah. ring a little bell to get fed. I mean, they're pretty smart little fish. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. The, 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 I have, uh, I think we have about seven or eight koi fish now. And Oh, nice. We, it, it's gone. We had more, but, you know, sometimes they, they get sick. They'll get some kind of thing going on or get a parasite or, you know, whatever. Oh. But, uh, you know, do you have a problem with some ick? of them? Yeah, yeah, we've had a couple of things too. There's like a, they, they start the pine cone, they start blowing up a little bit, you know, they get like a, but anyway, they, uh, there's a couple of them in there that like, they're so smart. I mean, I could pick them up out of the water, you know, mm -hmm. one of them's, he's about, I can't even get him in the screen, you know, he's about <laughs> three, about three feet, three and a half foot long with his tail, with his fins wow. and stuff. And, a, and pretty good size around. He probably weighs about 30 pounds. Um, nice. It, I actually probably, probably about a month ago, he gets in a skimmer. And uh, <laughs> when he does, he barely fits. Mm -hmm. And I, I went and looked for him. I'm like, man, you know, we have a net over it. So birds don't get because we have these big birds that come in and get them. Yeah, the egrets and, uh, and herons. Yeah, herons. Yeah. So yeah. we're, uh, I, I was like, where's he at? And I look in the skimmer and he's there and I thought he was dead. And I'm like trying to pick him up and he wasn't, he was lifeless. And then finally I get him picked up and I'm, and he starts moving. Like he was, you know, I put him in the water and I'm like, man, he's going to, we're going to lose him. You know, he's mm -hmm. my, one of my favorite fish and, uh, he's fine. He, he's like a, and he's, he's a tank that thing so he's pretty he's pretty stout for for a big fish but he got blue and whatever but anyway that's enough <laughs> about fish <laughs> that's why i don't eat fish anymore because they're my babies but, right yeah yeah it's, it's 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 i see where you're coming from you know i mean yeah when it once something becomes domesticated to you and, and you know which yeah. is which is funny because it's a conversation that um i think jason and i have actually had this conversation about um you know, in a world scope, you know, when, when something gets identified as a domesticated animal, then it's like kind of taboo to chew on. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, like here, of course, cattle are cattle, but you go to yeah. parts of India and they're, uh, you know, it, it's a religious yeah. animal that you, re, you know, hold them yeah, And there's, so. there's parts of it. We were in India a couple of years ago and it was, um it was interesting we thought i thought cattle there the cows were they ate the cows they mm -hmm. ate everything they ate dogs they uh oh, yeah. i was like i was like flipping out over that because it was like all right uh i mean you know we're driving up to i, I, can't, I can't remember where we, uh, this place that we played up there but it was on a mountain big mountain took three and a half hours to get there and uh, it was amazing like people there are so amazing they're so giving and they have nothing you know mm -hmm. they give you anything they have but they have nothing and uh but we're looking over to the side and it's like a uh like a little restaurant 
type thing outside and it says dog meat special i'm like oh my gosh todd and i are like we couldn't believe it we were just like flip that but that's part of what they do and you know my my thing is like hey i grew up well dogs are a different thing i wouldn't eat a dog but um i grew up on a on a farm i you know i used to hunt i used to do all that stuff so i don't it's not like i'm it's just my decision you can mm-hmm. do what you want, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've said, you know, well, I sit down with uh, people and eat steak, steak, or I don't eat it, but they'll eat steak, right, right. With, you know, while I eat my uh, salad mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's the adult way of looking at it. Yeah, you know what I mean, because yeah. you know, it's not everybody's the same. Yeah, and I, I respect that. You know, I mean, because <clears throat> life's too long, man, to to be yeah. like that. You know, yeah. to be that yeah. guy. But I feel totally different after not eating. Uh, like after doing a vegan thing for a while, like if uh-huh. I, like for instance, I, I, I used to run a lot and I, I haven't ran in so long. It's, it's kind of sad, but uh, I, I actually had to run. We left our car behind somewhere and we forgot about it. Took an Uber home, and, uh-huh. you know, Uber back to the hotel. And I was like, Oh, oh man, I got to get the car. It's a mile away. I'm like, all right, I'm going to start running. <laughs> so I started running. This was on a vacation last week. And I, and I started running and, uh, I, I did a mile in eight minutes, not too bad. And then, uh, and, uh, the next day I'm like thinking, I'm not going to be able to stand up, you know, and, and I get out of bed and I'm like, okay, there's one foot. That's not too bad. There's two. And like, not really a problem. The second day, usually the third day you start getting sore. I never really got sore. I mean, a little bit in my shins, I had the wrong shoes to run with, dress shoes, you know? So, but uh, I was surprised that I didn't really get sore. And there's a, a, a show out there called the Game Changers that's a, that talks about that, how, how, you know, the repair time is quicker and whatever. I don't know if I believe all that, but, you know, it actually, I wasn't sore, which was kind of unbelievable. Right. <laughs> right. So. You know, I have my own theories on all that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm a very outspoken person. I mean, we're friends on Facebook. You see the kind of stuff I post. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> and sometimes I should probably zip it, but I don't. <laughs> as long as you but, haven't been, have you been kicked off yet? Have you been kicked off? I've, I've, been bou- I've been bounced a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've been put in that FaceTime jail. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, um, it's it, it, it's i think a lot of it has to do with what's in the food right um you know because i mean when when you think about it um like my wife doesn't eat beef anymore she'll eat chicken and she'll eat fish and right. of course vegetables and fruits um and just about anything else but myself you know i'm i'm, I'm very mm, i'm very flexible but i don't feel so passionate about one or the other that i'm not willing to you know what i mean be flexible right. to other people because um, I, I tend to look at uh, okay, like veganism in, in particular is a very mm, how can I put this without being? Like, oh, go ahead. Okay, put it there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very one-sided social engagement, like right. because there's it, it's only one discussion you're going to have. It's like okay, where's the one vegan restaurant we're going to go to, or the one right. of the fifteen that might be in town, or fifty. I mean, right. here there's tons of them everywhere. Um, yeah, there's they're starting to get better here, but it's not. Yeah, oh man, there's some good ones out here. And Jason yeah. will tell you. Jason, um, you know, we're totally leaving Jason out. Jason's a black screen because he's actually in his car waiting for his dog to get groomed. Oh, okay. But he is nice. on the call. And what uh, kind of what kind of, what kind of uh, dog do you have, Jason? 
He's a 12-year-old Shih Tzu. Oh, nice. And he's getting a haircut for the first time. To He's getting the lion haircut. Nice. So, <laughs> so, so he, he did have the Fu Manchu. So he had the long beard shaved uh, coming off his chin with the furrowed brow. And so he's making the move now that that's grown out to a lion. He's got a second lease on life. He's going to go out there and the <laughs> ladies are just going to be slain. So, yeah. That's the reason I'm blacked out is because I'm going to have to bail pretty soon to pick up the dog. But are you going to rejoin us when you get back, you think? If, if, if you got, uh, well, if I make it back to the house in time, yeah. Okay. But okay. Seattle traffic. But in the meantime, you were a vegan for many years. Uh, vegetarian in 83, vegan in 89, back to vegetarian in 2012 or 13. Are you still vegetarian? I'm still veg, yeah. That's cool, yeah. I, I, yeah. I have an issue with, uh, with, with dairy anyway, so it, it was easy for me to change over from that. But then there's a lot of stuff that's like non-dairy that, that's really good, you know, um, like cheeses and stuff. Uh, you can't get real cheese, so obviously it's not the same, but, you know, but it's okay. It's okay to put it on a sandwich or put something else on it. Yeah, I, I agree. That's in people, I'm sure they always ask you, what do you miss the most? And most of the vegetarians I talk to, they're like bacon. Like you can get fake pepperoni. Fake chicken is actually really convincing. Now the impossible burger. But everybody's like, there's no bacon substitute. It's just... I don't really remember what it tastes like. Yeah, I did. I didn't have a problem. Yeah, it was salty. Yeah, I didn't have a problem leaving bacon at all. So I'll, I'll, I won't tell you why, but there's a reason. Okay. But you know, seeing, yeah, no, but, but, uh, yeah, I didn't have a problem leaving, leaving that. But uh, I mean, there. How do you deal with vegetarianism on the road? Oh, so I. Here's the, the trick. That that's a that's a trick though. I haven't. I haven't been a vegan on the road yet. Mm. So, um, yeah, but I've, I've had, I have friends that were, are, are vegan. Uh, Alyssa Whitegliss, which is, uh, she's a singer. And she, she was singing with Camelot for a while. She's a vegan and, and she's actually never had, uh, any kind of meat in her life. She'd never had a soda pop, or a Coke or anything, or a drink of I think she had a drink of alcohol, but that was with us, and we made her do that. But <laughs> that's another story. But but uh, she's really never had anything like, uh, you know, any kind of meat, butter uh, that she knows. Of. And, you know, if you go out to eat, wow. they'll tell you, oh yeah, it's not, there's nothing in here. They'll you know uh-huh. sometimes they'll put it in there. But um, so I've seen how she dealt with it, and I actually used to go out and I would eat with her, and I'd be amazed at how good some of the food would be. Even in, uh, we were in South America one time and I went to a restaurant with her and I was like, there's actually a vegan restaurant in South America, in in Brazil, (laughs) you know, which is kind of funny, but, uh, but it was amazing. There was a lot of stuff on the menu. And so I've only been doing this since March of last year. And uh, I haven't, I've I've been pescatarian. I, I did the fish thing. So every now and then I wouldn't, you know, if I didn't eat, I didn't eat fish every day. So. Um, I guess I was vegetarian at that point. If it becomes an issue, it probably will. 
uh, I'll probably just be a vegetarian and, and do that on the road. Um, Eddie uh, Jackson is a cook. I don't know if you know this or not, but he, he's, he's, he's a, not, I wouldn't, he's a chef. Like he's really great at what he does, like making dinners and, and he loves to cook on the road and like on a tour bus or whatever, uh, on a, on a one-off dates, we he can't really do that, but, but on a tour bus, he breaks out. We, he has a whole like air fryer and all these different, you know, he, I mean, it's a whole big thing, you know, we break out and, uh, he's amazing. And he's, uh, the last, the last tour we did, we had John five and John five's a vegan mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't only make food for the, for the band for, for Queensryche, he makes it for the other bands too. The, That's awesome. Like there was this, another opening band mm-hmm. in John five and they, and so he had to do vegan, he did vegan food for, uh, for, for five. And, and it, he, he was like, they were so amazed that oh, this guy's actually making, and he would, he would find out ways to do stuff on the internet or whatever. Kind of amazing that, you know, he, he just does that. That's his thing. You know, mm-hmm. he, you know, there'll be like 10 minutes till showtime. And I go, dude, you know, we're going on in 10 minutes. You're not even warming up yet. And he's like, my roast is simmering right now. Just hang on a minute. You know, like I go, no, but showtime's like, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll make it and here. Her and here he comes, you know, <laughs> smelling like pork. <laughs> but, but, smelling like pork. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, he, he's such a great, he's a great chef. Oh my gosh. I mean, and I've, I've had some amazing dinners like that, you know, he's, he's made that, yeah, just I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it, you know. Uh, but anyway, that's and I'm sure you know when we do a, a ground tour, he'll he'll watch out for me. He, he always does. He'll he'll get the the right stuff, and you know, because uh, Parker actually was doing pes- pescatarian too, so that was easier. So the rider kind of, you know, we would get stuff on the rider that way. So yeah. it's always easy when you have somebody that's either vegetarian or you know, that does the same thing you do. So then we can kind of eat the same way. So he, you know, he kind of, he does that too. So, but his is more about diet instead of, you know, the reason why I do my issues or why I do it, but you know, it's all good. You know, that's, that's interesting. You bring that up because it seems so many musicians have some other creative outlet, John five cooking, uh, Bob Dylanson, I think, is a, apparently a really good photographer. Of course, John Lennon's artwork is incredible. What do you have another outlet? Uh, I, I actually I started painting a couple of years ago, so I've been doing that. Um, I uh, it's something. I mean, I'm really good at drawing stick stick figures, <laughs> <laughs> but and honestly, it's it's been pretty. I mean, I started out doing like you know, Bob Ross type stuff and, uh, taking, you know, just watching video and, and doing mountain scenes and whatever. I got into oils and doing oils and stuff. And then I started doing, actually, my son has a couple of paintings I did, did for him. I don't know where they're at. I haven't been upstairs yet, but he, uh, but anyway, I started doing, I did a couple of nudes for him and, uh, like and stuff like that. So I've started, I've been doing different things as well. I've been selling quite a few. I started like, doing like oh. paint, paintings on, on drum heads, you know, like on a 12 inch drum head and I do it with acrylic instead of oil. Right. And, uh, people love it. And 
you know, and it's, and it's a good outlet for me and it's kind of kept me alive for the last couple a few months, you know, yeah, that's There's nothing awesome. going on. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. As you know, the printing business is all screwed up right? for, for musicians. Anyway, I could probably print for, you know, I think for I saw you. everything. Yeah. For yeah. Everything. It's screwed up. It, the whole thing. Yeah. Is screwed up. So I did that as an outlet for a while and I still do it. I still have the company. I actually did a print job today that went out FedEx for Kid Cuddy. You know, I did the Super Bowl last year. Uh, not this one, which would have been cool if I'd done this one. I could have just dropped the drum head off and said, here. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, but uh, uh, because it was in Tampa, but yeah, I did. I did the one be- the year before that. And uh, so I've done a few Super Bowls and, you know, all these drum heads, different, you know, I haven't done raps yet. I want to do that eventually. But I did my own kit once, I think. Right. You know. Yeah, it's real fun when you have an acrylic kit. Mm-hmm. and you wrap them yeah. and then you light it up for the inside it looks freaking killer do you have a preference between wood and acrylic yeah i like the wood better yeah the acrylic is just something about i don't know it, it's it, smacky it, it, yeah it, it doesn't have that warmth of tone and timber that wood has yeah. i know i totally hijacked you but i had to throw that in there no it dude you took the words right out of my mouth it's like totally but i've i and i've had a problem with the lugs on the bottom really falling off because I like a low drum anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they just more Tom. It's just like sometimes I don't know why. It's just that it's it doesn't it moves different than a wood drum. I don't know. It, it the air goes through it different. Now the, I've recorded with some re- acrylic kits that sounded pretty good, like some vibe uh really they're fives, fives oh. kit. And, oh. and uh they actually were pretty cool for the, but it, it was the right music. It was right. like uh it was old, it was like uh, like old Beatles-ish kind of sound. So it had that thud, it was a thud thing. I didn't really have a lot of yeah, it, was, you know, it wasn't very lively, it was kind of flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so and that and that was perfect for it. And I and I noticed that with that kit. And it was actually the kit that I had that's acrylic was totally different. It 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 was a I had a friend that owned a drum a drum company called Whack Drums. Now it's turned into Spinelli drums. Hmm. But uh it, it, he uh, he did these lugs and and basically you only tune them from the top. There's no lugs on the bottom, right? So completely free floating. It's got you know like if you have twelve lugs, all the top will tune. So mm-hmm. it kind of tunes the bottom too. So it actually that kit sounded really great because of that system. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go with thinner heads on the bottom so I could get more of a tone and, you know, like it's, it's different. It was different, but it, it was a cool kit. It was a neat, I only toured with it on one tour, you know, the silver, silver thorn tour. And uh, I think it was only, only us. And, uh, but the, the kit I'm using now is pretty cool with all the, with all the, the stuff. And I have led video heads, uh, mm-hmm. which are pretty cool, you know, and, and, and it's, uh, I got, it's uh, a drum rack called the Lotus, which was, there's a local guy here in, in, in Tampa that uh, Sean Lowry goes by Sawblade Head. He he does all their all that stuff and he does all the welding and he's a drummer as well. And uh, he did a thing called the Tree of Life. Uh, it was he had it at Nam a couple times and it's amazing. It's like just this whole. It looks like a big tree holding the drum kit. It's pretty cool. Wow, but, that man. rack you had was pretty freaking cool, man. It's cool, yeah. It's I, I, cool. I think the first time I saw it, I made some some pithy comment on the picture. 
<laughs> and I said something like, I hope your I hope your tech doesn't trip near that kid. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. a lot of sharp points, man. <laughs> Every time when uh, like the stage hands will load that in, they're all like, gotta get your tetanus shot before you go with this thing. And it's it's serious. There's points on it. It's like mm-hmm. I told Sean, I said, dude, I wish we could break it down small. It's pretty big. I wish yeah. you could find a way to pipe dry ice through it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we thought about that too. We we thought about like doing ice, like and it comes up like this yeah. and flames shooting, you know, but you can only do so much when you know you can't do flames anymore unless you get the fire marshal out and all that stuff. But uh yeah, dude, it's 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 a sick piece of art. It's actually mm-hmm. art. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. He did a great yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, it's sitting in storage now. I wish it I wish I had room in, in my house. Maybe I'll bring it over to my kid. <laughs> it's almost here. like your Game of Thrones throne. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And now you play DW, yes? Yes. Yeah. 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 I've you've been, been on DW for, for yeah. Yeah. A couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah. And you started with them with when you were with uh, just with Camelot or after you came with Queen Drake? No, I, I was I started touring when I started touring with when I started helping Queens Rake out. Uh, we did a lot of one-off shows mm-hmm. and all these uh, uh, places that, I, you know, we would go to and doing all these shows that, that most of them had, well, I, I would order the, the drum kit. I was with Pearl. So I would, I would order that kit. A lot of times they would have the older version of it or they wouldn't, you know, a lot of the backline companies, they only had DW. So mm-hmm. they ended up getting stuck on DW all the time. And, uh, that was kind of one of the reasons why I was like, you know, well, I'm playing this stuff already. And, and I made the call. Actually, I think I talked to, uh, it was uh, Thomas Lang. Uh, and he, he actually made the connection. He, he, he got me in touch with the, the, the people that to do it, you know, and, and they've, they've been great. They've been great for me. And um, I had nothing, no, nothing bad to say about, about Pearl because they, they were always great to me as right. well you know um but well, it was they, just i was just like i felt bad every time i'm showing up and i'm not playing a you know so i was like you know i'm just gonna make a switch because you know it was just costing more money in the end anyway so and you know for drummers that might watch or listen to this show um i'll let them know <laughs> endorse endorsees will let you know if you're gonna endorse a drum company's drum line always ask for lacquer shells yeah yeah, absolutely. Even though mine are not lacquered, the, the uh-huh. kit I have now, but it still sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Because you always want to make sure you have the matching shells. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Exactly. I mean? That's true. You're right. You're right about that. Sometimes like, it'd be like a jelly bean kit. You don't know what you're going to get. Right. It's whatever was laying out in the warehouse. Yeah. I'm fine with that. It's like, all right, as long as they're the right sizes, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, and I got two Chinas. That's a big thing. Two Chinas are more really important. <laughs> right. You, I mean, you can't play Queen's right music without without two Chinas. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Eyes of a Stranger is not gonna doesn't happen, you know. So you know, and it's funny because that's exactly that's Scott right there, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I was gonna ask you. So okay, so now. Did Todd come to you or did somebody else come to you and request you to come check out to be a part of Queen's Rack or how did that work out? So I, I was, I, I'll have to back up from the time that that happened. Um, 
there, we, Todd and I were talking one day. We actually went out and saw Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And we, mm-hmm. there's a photo that just was just on, on uh, uh, Jeff Scott Soto's page. He posted and it had a photo. It was me, Jeff Scott Soto, Matt Levin, a couple other people, and Todd. And after that show, you know, we, we were walking back and he goes, how's your gig going? I go, well, we're off this year. Cause we're, they're, you know, doing a new record. And it, basically there's no gigs, you know, and he goes, you guys don't do any, like, like one-offs I go, No, we don't do anything like, 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 you know, Queensryche does like they oh. basically show shows all the time, except for the last year. But uh, he's like, well, man, if anything ever comes up, I'll let you know. I'm like, all right. You know, like, yeah, that'll, you know, never happen. If Scott ever needs to take time off, I'll let, I go, yeah, okay. It's, he's been, he's been doing a gig for 30 something years. He's not going to, <laughs> and uh, I'm on a boat. I'm on a, on a cruise ship with my wife for our 20 year anniversary. And I get a text and I'm like, man, my phone's still on. I don't I actually know it was a call. It was a phone call. It was from Todd. And I'm like, my phone's on. I go to answer. Kim's like, why's Todd calling me you know he would just text me and I answer I go hey dude what's what's going on my wife's looking at me what's going on we're out in the middle of free this is an eight dollar phone call a minute or whatever it is you know I'm like hey dude I'm I'm on a boat you know I'm on a cruise ship or whatever and he's like he he goes do you have internet I go no I didn't buy it because it's like two hundred dollars you know for the week and right I don't even want to talk I need to talk to anybody he's like I'll pay you for the internet. It goes, buy the internet package and get Viber. <laughs> Download Viber and call me back. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so he goes, it's important. I go, he goes, trust me, you want to call me back. I go, all right. So I'm like, download the internet package, get the, you know, get Viber. I'm like, okay, cool. Call him back. And he tells me, hey, uh, Scott's uh, girlfriend's having a baby and he needs, somebody to fill in on april the first and probably a couple weeks because you know probably stay home with the baby for a couple weeks i'm like dude it's right now at that time it's probably march 16th 17th and i thought i think i got off the boat like a week later i go when i get back i'm only gonna have eight days right to to learn the songs because dude you'll be fine just you know (laughs) and my wife's kicking me under the table you know because Queensryche was my favorite band growing up. And mm-hmm. oh, so you studied wife, the material already, right? Well, it's not that I studied it because I went off to another area. I went, oh, okay. I started, I was playing with a pop star and all kinds of junk, you know. So, I, and then I went to Camelot, which is all double bass stuff. But, um, so I'm like, uh, I'm like, I, I, I was at that point going to say no because I was like, I don't have time to learn, learn the stuff. And my wife's like, kicking me on what's he saying what's he saying i go and we get get off the phone i go let let me talk to my wife and see what she was you know she says and my wife kim you know we fell in love together listening to queen's wreck that was like one of our Mm -hmm. promised land was our first tour or first show we had ever saw together you know like a couple weeks dating or something so i said i just don't think i can do it she goes no you're doing it I, I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, I'll throw you off the ship if you, if you don't if you don't say yes. So I call Todd back and I say, okay, give me the song list. I'll start downloading and listening, you know, like while we're laying out and, you know, 
goes, yeah, even when she's in sleep, and like, I'm like, God, okay. And of course, there's some songs there where I was like, well, you know, there's like digital, and like, there's some songs on there that are pretty tricky, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, you know, the so- some of the songs I knew, but there was some that I'd never heard, like uh, some of the newer songs they were doing. So I was, you know, I was shaking the first night, you know, uh-huh. practically the, the first uh, rehearsal uh, we did, we did it without Todd. It was in a studio uh, and um, it was at Uber Beats. I don't know if you, you mm-hmm. know Uber Beats over there, Jesse. So I'm in the, I'm in the playing room, which is like a big, you know, where the drums are set up and they're all in the, where all the console is with all the speakers and everything. And so I'm by myself. And we're, we're playing because we played a video and stuff. So there's a click track running. And uh, it doesn't stop. The whole show just keeps going. So I, we play through once. And uh, I'm like, all right. So I, I got no feedback because they're all in the other room. I didn't even know. I'm like, maybe they're canceling the show. I don't know. What, you know. So I walk in there and they're putting the guitars away. And I'm like, oh, so you guys want to take a break? And and uh Michael's like, uh, dude, thanks for not wasting our time. I'm selling my house, so I'm just going to take off. You're, you know, <laughs> sounds great. I'm like, are you sure? And Eddie's like, hey, I can stay around if you want to go over a couple parts. I know there's a couple parts that are hesitant. I go, yeah, there's this part, so we stayed for another 30 minutes. But we went through the show once, and then, and then uh, they were like, you know, thanks for thanks for learning the material, and you know, it's. The, Eddie's like, it's about 90%. I mean, it, it was hard, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I didn't have it lick for lick. Right. And uh, so, uh, I mean, so then we went to go do the show. <laughs> it was in El Cajon. I remember in April Fool's Day too, I'm waiting for Scott <laughs> to show up and say, hey, just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, and I would have been like, hey, thank God. I, got it. So I was like, man, I was like, you know, in the back, you know, dry heave and trying, you know, whatever. And uh, I, I, we get on stage to do the sound check and it, it kind of hits me because they're all, you know, Michael's standing you know, on my left and Eddie's standing on the right, and, you know, Parker's on his side and Todd's in front. I'd never seen Todd in this band actually. You mm-hmm. know, I, this is the first time <laughs> like went on stage and I'm like, I, we start off the first song, I think it was digital for sound check and like, and I just couldn't play anything. I didn't even know how to play it, hold a stick at that point. And I told, I told Michael, I told Eddie, I go, you guys got to turn around. I can't even, you can't look at while I'm playing. I goes, this is kind of <laughs> like unreal because they're like, you were great yesterday. I go, yeah, but you guys, can't, you can't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> like the whole show. I go at the show. The, you know, I mean, because I, you know, this is like too weird. I mean, I've seen you guys 20 times mm-hmm. on the other side. You know, this is right. freaking me. Dude, it was freaking me out. Like, and so we get, I think we get to, to mission, right? And Eddie's always, uh, the guys always walk back behind his screens and they're, uh, they're they joke all the time. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, I, you've seen him. And I'm, they're just, yeah, I've been back guys. there a few times. Yeah, they're just funny guys that they're joking all the time. And, and uh, while there's, you know, this video's playing or whatever, they're making fun of whatever, you know, whatever it is. And uh, Eddie, Eddie's on my right side. And I'm, I'm kind of standing back there because the long intro for a video. And he looks at me and he goes, eh. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Bender or Sam Tech, they're, they're all busting my butt. 
you know, it's just, and then it was like, and we're laughing, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, he's like, yeah, like that. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, dude, you got like 90% of it, man. He goes, uh, he was very, I mean, and to have Eddie Jackson say that, and I've looked up to the guy for, I mean, mm-hmm. all my life, you know, and that was a big thing for me. But, uh, you know, and then after that, it was go back home and, and practice more. And because, you know, the next date, I think was a, a month away because it was all like one-off shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and then, you know, uh, that the rest is history. It's been, it'll be four years this, just April. So I'm doing, doing the same thing, so, mm-hmm. but filling in. <laughs> right. Now, did you find it difficult to sync up with Eddie cold like that? Uh, not really. I mean, no, no. I mean, he's pretty much a, he's a groover anyway. You can't mm-hmm. deny what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've probably, I've, well, I've definitely changed the way I've played since I've been playing with him so long. Um, it's you know it's definitely changed to try to lock in more. I mean mm-hmm. the, the 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 system they have the, the headphone system they have is pretty amazing. You can I have er, everything's mic'd like all the drums are mic'd. I have guitar two two mics on each cabinet. I think one's direct, one's a mic or whatever. Then Eddie's bass, vocal mic, spare mics, whatever. And uh, so you can I can sit there and control everything. You know, and it, it's, it sounds like, I mean, when, when they play like, you know, Operation Minecraft, it sounds, it sounds amazing. And mm-hmm. it's all, you know, I've got a stereo split and, you know, it's like if, if, you know, Parker's on this side, the guitar's on my right and right and whips on the other side. So it's on the left side, you know, and, and Eddie's pretty much, he's a little bit on the right because he's on the right side anyway. So mm-hmm. I mix it that way. And the drums are just as they go down. It's pretty amazing. It's it sound, it's unreal how it sounds, but uh, but uh, it's that was one thing that blew me away because I wasn't used to that sound mm-hmm. playing playing with Camelot because I kind of did massive. my own board. Yeah, right. I did my board mix before uh, in Camelot. I would do like I had my own. It was crazy. I did this way before anybody else did in ears. So I was. I always put a kick drum in my or a kick mic in my kick drum. And it oh. went to my ears. It went nowhere else. You know, the 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 engineer would put another kick drum mic and he'd be like, why do you have two kick drums? Go, well, I want to hear my kick drum. Right. That's the main thing. And then I put it overhead. So I would kind of have a mix of my kit anyway. So I can oh. hear stuff. Because I have these in-ears that block everything out, you know. Um, and then I started micing the guitar. And that like so then I'm carrying that, you know. I had an endorsement or I still do with Soundcraft. So they had this little board that I could just carry and it was digital. I used like my phone to do everything. So I started micing the guitar, I started micing the band, the vocals in there. And then so everybody else is going, hey, who wants your mix? <laughs> so the guys <laughs> right. are so the guys are stealing my mix, you know, like and you know, the singer's <laughs> got his own mix. So they're all working off my own board. Now they're doing the same thing as we we are actually. Um Bender helped out the the Camelot guys to to get that system going but it's pretty amazing actually sounds unreal unreal but yeah yeah I would imagine I would equate it to very similar to when you're sitting down in the studio and listening to your final mix and you got the cans cranked and your eyes closed and you're just listening to it and it just Mm -hmm. sounds massive yeah it's 
it i mean it, it can be it can get too loud too you know it's like that's uh -huh. the bad thing about it it's like you can really you can hurt yourself <laughs> with <laughs> right. it. but I, and, and i always like i'm like i got the i got a wireless pack which was funny to me to do that but they they were cool they were like no you, you're fine we never had them die which i've only had maybe one issue like with and it'll let you know when it's going it's like go mm -hmm. away you know it's like oh okay here get you know grab another pack and and bender is a uh, uh, our tech and he's mm -hmm. he's like always johnny on the spot with that stuff he's amazing so but uh i mean yeah i've been using that for for the last four years and it's pretty pretty crazy pretty are cool. you guys still using samson wireless systems no they're they got sennheisers now oh, okay sennheiser uh, okay yeah and they actually they had a sennheiser set up when I moved in, when I, when I, when I started playing and they, uh, they had to change it out because they got rid of a lot of frequencies. Mm -hmm. Um, Sennheiser, they got, they outlawed, I think some frequencies. That's right. Because a plane, a plane, as a plane goes over my head. Okay. Um, uh, but they, so they outlawed, they outlawed a lot of frequencies that you couldn't use. So they had to get a whole new system now. And I think uh, Sennheiser hooked them up though, but still was like one of those things like man that sucks to get rid of all this stuff but it's perfectly great good stuff you know uh-huh you know it's funny because you're talking about the it was the faa it went through and they wanted to take all those frequencies yeah and i remember when that happened because of course immediately all my wireless shits out the window did you we know? lose jason is he still there he's still there he's just hanging out uh, yeah he's still here yeah i'm hanging out i will be cutting probably in five but I did want to fire a question your way. You know, when it comes to learning other material, you said you were uh, listening off offline. I was wondering, do you do you like getting the multi-track sessions where you can isolate somebody's parts? Does does that work for you, or yeah, you like that everything would be at once. That that would be ideal to get like if you could get multi sessions of like uh, like stems you know, or what, something. Yeah, like stems. Yeah, like. Um, I got the, I got the multi sessions for the last, the last record that, that Todd played drums on mm -hmm. that, because it was easy. It was right there. I think I got one, I think I got one of, of another session or whatever, but, and that was really, it was really cool. Cause I could isolate the drum and I go, Oh, because it always sounds different because it's a little buried, you know, it's like, Oh, there's a Tom part, you know, like when he's chugging on a Tom, you know, it's like, it makes sense now. It sounded like something else, like its parts are mm -hmm. missing, but it, it's kind of ghosting, you know, or whatever. So it's cool to have that. It's, you can get closer to the part that way, you know. Mm -hmm. um, the way I learned, like when I first went into it, is I just went on YouTube and there was a show, the newest show that somebody filmed every part of it. Oh. And I just went on YouTube and, and grabbed it and, uh, so it wasn't, it's not a good mix. It sucked, you know, but, but I could kind of, cause I wanted the guys to be comfortable enough. Like I wanted to play like, like Scott was playing at that point, you know, and, uh, and not try to just go learn all the parts like, like on the record. Cause he had played them a little differently, you know, um, like live. So like, so I kind of, I didn't want to make him uncomfortable. If I played something out of the way up, inside the park you know i didn't want him to go what was that you know i kind of wanted to be comfortable a little bit mm -hmm. so i even kind of still do that version of it 
anyway. It's, it's kind of like that last thing that I learned. So, uh, but yeah, it's much easier if you got full like tracks and okay, here's the, you know, but unfortunately I didn't get to have the, you know, Operation Mind Crime, crime uh, stamps. That'd be cool. <laughs> I would That'd love be a that. cool thing to have on hand, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I would like to mute and hear different parts because it's amazing, you know, that, you know, mm-hmm. any of those tracks, actually. I think I did get, I think we uh, were, we were playing uh, off a of promised land, a song off of that. And there I got, actually I didn't, I only got the, the uh, all the little crazy parts in there, the, the character stuff, but yeah, but I never heard the, the actual live drums. I like to hear them though, or the played, played drums. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Scott and I did a project one time. Um, I don't know if you ever saw it. It was the bootleg DVD where he performed oh, probably 14, 15 Queen's Rock songs and, uh, and then just basically sunk the band way down in the mix and the drums way out front. And it's him up at the, I think it was the drum shop in Chicago okay. and just performing this stuff. And he had like, he brought in two, uh, two three remote cameras, set them up, kind of like the GoPro type setup. And, uh, but it wasn't GoPros, it was before GoPro. Yeah. Uh, so they're probably hand handheld camcorders sitting on stands. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But sure. yeah, he pulled it off. We threw the thing together. But uh, what was really cool about it is the whole time I was working on that DVD, as I was thinking as a author in this thing, and I'm going, you know how many drummers out there would absolutely love to have this audio track I got in my hand right now? Yep. It's just straight drums. There's nothing else on it. I actually want a copy of that. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that. It could be just that DVD with a turned down and him playing. Because, you know, if there's songs that I'm playing. It, I think it, I still have it on hard drive somewhere. Yeah. It could answer a lot of questions. <laughs> if, if I still have it on hard drive, I'll give you a copy. That'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's there's parts that, I, okay, you can guess what that, but man, it's so, you know, his his playing is so different than, than, mm-hmm. than, uh, anybody i mean it's it's well i heard it explained um another drummer um that was hanging out with backstage at a a queen's right show and another drummer was talking about scott and he was going you know and i'm not going to name names because you know that's not cool but he goes you know the thing about him is he doesn't quite hold a pattern all the time he's like most people most drummers they get in they get a groove it creates a pocket and then they stay there and then deviate where it's appropriate and it goes, but it's like his parts change to fit the song all the time. Right. And it's right. like, yeah, you're, you're kind of right. <laughs> his parts becomes, it's like, it's the song. Yeah. I mean, it becomes the song, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 we were listening to like warning, you know, like, and it's just the, the parts are crazy, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's amazing, but it, it just, uh they're not average drummer parts you know like they're really thought out differently and i like that it's really cool so but it's 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 amazing to try to to pull that stuff off Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like it's way outside of what i'm used to playing you know like uh, i'll uh we'll play a song and uh like i am i is is, it's a strange drum yes it makes sense though but Mm -hmm. it, it but it is a very uh, different different pattern, you know. And uh, but that that actually wasn't as hard. I, I tell you what, the whisper is actually a weird weird mm-hmm. groove. 
that was mm-hmm. one of the weirdest ones I've had to run. Um, uh, that one and uh, what was it about it that th- that was throwing you? Uh, it's just a weird. It's got this this off hi hat thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like a the weird. You know, like kind of a weird groove. And the ride pattern is pretty tricky too. Mm-hmm. Um, the craziest one's been surgical strike, though. That's probably the 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 one that really there's a lot of ton of counting in there. And, and the sure drums are way out front in that track. Yeah, and they probably didn't count. They were probably just that they just learned it that way, and you know mm-hmm. didn't, didn't know hey, this is a five eight, this is seven eight, this you know here's a, you know like okay this is what it is, and I explain it to them. They go, no, nah, we don't do it that way. We just I just play it. And I'm like well, you know, whips. Like, I'm just like, okay. I got to count. It. <laughs> <laughs> so if it ends up right, it's going to be counted on my end, but. uh yeah, so I mean, it's been a been a challenge. I mean, in, in a lot of these, uh, what we'll do is we'll say, "Hey, can you learn this song?" And uh, you know, like by the next time we we do a gig, sometimes we have a month in between or a couple mm-hmm. weeks in between, and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a crack, you know, whatever. And uh, we'll show up, we'll go through it on soundtrack, and we play it that night. So it's kind of like, hold on, you know, you know put the big boy pants on mm-hmm. along with my diapers, you know, cause there's going to be a mess eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, it's been, it, I dedicate a lot of time to do it, you know, cause I want, I don't want to screw it up. And that's the biggest thing for me is I don't want to, I don't want to go out there and, 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 uh, you know, show the world that I suck. I want to, I want to try, I want to make this band happy as well. You know? Well, you so, don't want to show disrespect to the yeah, product. Absolutely absolutely yeah yeah i get that you know it's it, it's funny um i i say this in almost every conversation i have or you know whenever i'm talking to somebody i'm like i don't want to make this about me but i'm going to tell you a story <laughs> and so one of those would be okay so back in the 90s i used to play in a band down there in tampa that practiced right across uh the same warehouses but almost door across from door from camelot so we rehearsed here Camelot rehearsed here. And so there was a little cross-pollination. We'd go over there, hey, what's going on over there? You know, that kind of thing. But I don't think you were in the group back then. If you were, I never really got to meet you. But this is back in the 90s. And um, But then the way that I got into that group, so the group that I was in was called Arsenal. And so, you know, and we were getting out there. Well, they were getting out there before I got in. And so... When I, re- you know, I reached out because I wanted to audition for this group. I, I still did it that way. It wasn't like, hey, you guys should check out this dude. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like that. I wasn't that good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I answered the ad, went out there and stuff. And I learned their whole CD. And, oh, God, it was like 12 songs or something like that. Learned it in like less than two days. Wow. Yeah. I went out there, went out for get the audition, you know, nailed the audition and everything. And I had two auditions with them before going to Daytona beach to do some big show. And uh, so then I'm out here and I'm like, and it was probably maybe 10% of what you felt with Queens, right? Because you like, you delivered, you stood up, you learned it, you went out there, you fucking laid it down, you know? And then the guys, <laughs> nice job. You know what I mean? Or, or more like this. Or, or like that. Yeah. <laughs> As but, was a, a, but it was, he, he was yeah, he was joshing with you, but yeah, you know, yeah. um, it's such a it's such an awesome feeling of self accomplishment, right? 
you know, uh, to have that work ethic and that desire and that drive to get it done. Cause you know, I, fi- I finally slept that night. It was like one of the, it was the eight days of not sleeping. And then finally that night I just went to sleep and I'm like, <laughs> and right. I think I took, I think I took two days off when I got home and then went back to work, went, you know, went, you know, shedded like four or five hours a day. You know, the first, the first eight, the first eight days that I was learning, I was doing 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was going through this stuff that much. One of my kids is a Matt as a math kid, you know. He, he he explained it to me. He goes, okay, if you do two hours on a song, you know, mm-hmm. if you do try to do four songs a day, we kind of figured it out how we could do it. And that's how I did it and it worked, you know. Nice. But yeah. So right on. Well, um, I wanted to ask you, and then you know, and then we can talk as long as you want or whatever. But uh, I did want to ask you, with Todd being such a, I mean, he's a pretty proficient drummer. <laughs> there's, there's no denying that the guy's a killer Absolutely. drummer. And, um, and I'll tell you. So you asked about Uber Beats. Yes, I'm very familiar with Uber Beats, and I rented. Well, I want to say rent. Yeah, I did rent for a number of years. I was one of their very first clients, and I rented room number fourteen. I believe that's what, what it was. It's about two doors down from Jesse's big room. And uh, which we ended up moving into because uh, he ended up becoming our drummer. <laughs> but uh, uh, we were writing a song and, uh, and it's actually the intro music to this podcast now. And, uh, and I, was, I was showing the guys this riff and Todd and Whip come walking down the hallway and Chris was with them, Zeus. And, uh, yeah. and Todd goes, what's going on in here? <laughs> and it's like writing the new tune. And he goes, you mind? And he reaches out to Jesse, Jesse hands him his sticks and he jumps on the kit and he just starts laying down this killer ass groove. And I was like, dude, you want in? <laughs> you you want to join the band? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. It was like, uh, and I, and I imagine he makes you feel this way too. It's like you immediately feel warm with him as, as a musician, you feel comfortable immediately. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, Todd was, I knew Todd as a drummer before I knew him as a singer. I mean, mm-hmm. he was when he first joined, uh, Crimson Glory, I was like, you sing? I, mean, I had no clue. Especially like, after I Midnight. Saw, yeah, right. yeah. I was like, and I knew Crimson, I, I'd done, we toured with Crimson, Crimson Glory when uh, there's a singer named Wade Black who, who, mm-hmm. who was doing was doing her stuff. We did a tour with him then, and, and I was like, I knew how high this stuff was, and I'm like, and I, and I saw Todd at a music store. I don't know if you remember Seminole Music, down mm-hmm. Seminole. Uh, and we were, I was there watching a clinic or something and, uh, Todd was there and I'm like, he goes, yeah, I just joined Crimson Glory. I'm like, what? You know, what do you mean? You're playing drums? I go, he goes, no, I'm singing. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're singing. You don't sing. <laughs> Little did I know. I didn't know. Little did you know. I know. Like, yeah. I knew him as a drummer. I mean, and, and he, he's like my, he's my best friend. So it's like, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be like, uh, you know, I'm open to like, Dude, if you you know if we're sitting there and we're you know we've been writing, I mean it's no there's no uh, you know everybody knows it's on the internet, so, right? You know blabbermouth blabber gets a hold of it, so you know I'm hanging out with the guys and you know we're we're you know playing along and you know jamming or whatever and uh, Todd goes hey I got a cool idea here come on come over here mm-hmm. you know because it's better to have two minds go at it you know. Right. work on something to try to make something great instead mm-hmm. of 
to not work on it together, you know? So that's kind of my view. I mean, he'll say he, he'll play on sound checks, you know, sometimes I'll, 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 I'll get the sound that I need volume wise. He goes, do you mind? I go, yeah, come up here. I want a video. I want a video. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's awesome. Man. I think it's great. He's like, he comes up to me and says, Oh man, thank you so much. I needed to do that. It, he even has a microphone singing the parts underneath his arm as he's playing, you know, it's like pretty crazy. <laughs> have, have you guys ever thought about doing that live uh, where, uh, he, where you both yeah, play he, drums at the same no, time? That, well, he, we did have a couple years ago. I, I had, an, well, we had an idea. We wanted to do like two kits and do a solo. Together. Yes. It's a little hard to get done. Right. And some of the production videos. and all the kind of BS. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like kind of a, it would, it wouldn't, it, it eventually that it would be awesome to do that. But so we, we actually took, uh, I made him, I, I did, I did it and I didn't tell him. I, 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 <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember if I told him. I think we had an idea to do it anyway. But so I had these two, I had a floor tom, I cut it in half and I put it almost like two Timbales together, but it was a mm -hmm. 16 and 16. So that is low roaring floor toms right and uh mounted it on the stand put up a snare a mini snare drum like they have uh i can't remember who made it but anyway like this really cool little thing and a china splash type thing so he you know he could do you know uh he could do stuff with me you know mm -hmm. and he actually played it and we we only did it for that tour so that was super cool um he's actually jumped on the kit once like at the end of eyes of a stranger um and like we kind of he goes he told me he goes i'm gonna he goes, i'm gonna come back and tap you and and uh and play you know come back on the very end of it I was like, yeah he goes do you mind i go no come on <laughs> it was awesome so it was pretty you know it was, it's great to have that it's it, mm -hmm. i love to watch drummers anyway so mm -hmm. dude i'm not i'm not it doesn't matter to me. i'm not jealous i mean you know Right. Or I'm not, you know, like, oh, he, he, dude, he's, he is better than me. I don't even care. It's like one of those things. I can do stuff that he can't do and he can do stuff that I can't do. So there that, that's go. pretty subjective, though. Yeah. Because exactly that. There's things you can do that he yeah. can't and vice versa. And I'm yeah, sure like there's with, things with faith. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine he's probably gone, man, I'd like to pick, pick up on some of that sometime. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he tries to steal it from me. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. I give him hell about it. But, you know, we, we enjoy each other's company with stuff like that. We, mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he'll send me drum videos all day long with these, you know, like different guys playing. Check this dude out. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, dude, I've already seen it. I know the guy, made, you know, he's like <laughs> Eric, Eric Moore's uh, video. Eric goes, look at this guy. He's amazing. He played, you know, I'm like, yeah, he's a buddy of mine. We should, we should hang out with him one time when we're <laughs> out in LA. <laughs> he's like, he goes, you know him? I go, yeah. You won't show me any drum licks though. <laughs> no, nah, you would. You ever, you ever hang with Tim Young? I, I've met Tim a couple times. Yeah, he's like, a great uh, guy. Great guy. Yeah, great guy. Amazing yeah, actually, drummer. Yeah, yeah, he's super sick. Uh, he he used to. I don't know who he endorses now, but he used to endorse D Drum. Mm -hmm. So I met him a few times here. You know, D Drum has their uh, main office here, and I yeah. met him a few times. And Are they, uh, they're still over by the airport. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Elliot passed away a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's been four years ago. Yeah, um, I used to work for Elliot years yeah. ago. Yeah. Where at? At, uh, at the K-pop tree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I worked wow. there. You worked and, there? Uh-huh. Yeah, I when worked right over the piano showroom. 
Oh my and gosh. That's why what, what year was it? What year oh, was it? Oh God, you would ask me that. Uh, 95 to 98. Were you were you selling stuff then? Um, I sold a Gibson uh oh what was it? Uh, uh I, shit an acoustic a really nice high-end acoustic uh -huh. <laughs> i can't believe i can't remember what it was um to juliet lewis but that was oh, the yeah. only sale i ever did um, what, what were you doing in there in the, in the uh office? graphics i was doing all okay. their advertising oh. local and national advertising oh, cool yeah. yeah and uh yeah. yeah um and it's funny because elliot uh um you know a lot of people only know elliot a certain way and when you work with elliot you see a different side of him and um, and it was interesting because I'll share this quick story um, is, uh, you know, generally people like him are not very flexible. You know what I mean? They, they know what they want. They know what they're doing and they know what their outcome is going to be. And if you get in the way of that, they'll generally let you know. Right. Mm -hmm. And Elliot was kind of that way. And um, so when I took over advertising, there was a gentleman there that that did advertising for Elliot for years. His name was Martin Rice. I don't know if you know Marty. He played in a band called Joe Pop bass player yeah. punk band yeah. um but anyway marty was a really good guy and he did all his local and national advertising and when he was going to step down he's like well you just came out of design school you want to take it over <laughs> i'm like sure you know well it didn't quite work out that but it worked out so anyways i take his office and um very first ad i do i put it out elliot comes into my office and he goes what is this and he lays the paper down in front of me and it's the ad and I was like, well, that's your ad for this month. And he goes, is it now? I don't think I ever want to see anything like that again. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I started working on the next ad, making it look like Martin used to do, right? Right, right. And as I'm working on it, the mail comes in, and it's the reader response cards from the magazines having to do with the ad that I had placed. Oh, yeah. And the number was up like 300%. <laughs> Oof. So I go walking into his office, you know, Mr. Cocky Italian, you know, I go walking in there and I lay down the reader response cards and he goes, what's that? And I said, that's your month's reader response cards. And he's like, huh, 300% increase, huh? And I was like, yeah, not bad, huh? And he goes, do what you're doing. Dude, keep doing what you're doing. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. And he just let me run with it. And he never, he never questioned it again. Yeah. I never had another problem with him. And, I, um, I knew I knew Elliot as a couple different things, like as as an artist, you know, mm -hmm. like because of, well, as a musician, because as a bass I player. endorsed, yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, as me being on endorsing his product, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like because I was a D drum artist for a while, right? And uh, it was my first drum endorsement, actually. And uh, he was always super nice, nice to me, you know, obviously because I I was you know an endorsement endorsing artist for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was a no, hey, I was a nobody, but he he didn't act like that, you know, like right. he was always very respectful. And then I started, I started a drumhead company and uh, he gave me some amazing advice about that because mm -hmm. it started, started happening pretty quick. I started, uh, I got my first artist, you know, I got my first endorser, you know, like, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, I can't believe this. He's like, goes, man, you got to got to make him pay, you know, I go, mm -hmm. oh man, it's like, he plays with Madonna, he plays all these, I go, you know, he goes, hey, you know, and of course, that's the only guy that I don't charge because he was like the first, right. and he built it up so big anyway, you know, Brian's, you know, he, he'll post something and, and uh, 
it I'll have 10 sales the next day. Right. So, uh, so I eat all that, you know, mm -hmm. whatever he, he, I make. He's worth know. it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he's, he's, he's my first big artist and he, and he's like the guy, mm -hmm. but Elliot was like, that's your only guy. That, Cause he told, he told me, he goes, he goes, you're a small company. I go, yeah, one. <laughs> he goes, mm -hmm. he goes, he goes, if we even call it a company at this point, he was, he was bold with that stuff. It was mm -hmm. like shark tank. He goes, you got, you know, what'd you make this year? Oh, $500. You know, you're not a company, but right. you know, like that was the thing, you know, like, so and he, and he, I learned so much from him and he, he actually helped me out a lot with product. Even he was the guy, you know, he, he, you know, I've got a couple of deals with, with D drum that I, I still purchase stuff from, mm -hmm. from them. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, before he, he went away, he was like, uh, don't ever charge any more than, than this for that, for him. This is his deal. Mm -hmm. You know, this is written, you know, like this is as it, and it, it's been solid like that, you know, for the last four years. I mean, I miss him as a person. I, I last time mm -hmm. I saw him, uh, well, I saw him a couple of times before he had passed and, uh, I saw him at, at the shop and his son's Evan, Evan's mm -hmm. running the place now. Uh, but I saw him there at the shop, but I saw him before probably a couple, three weeks before he was out watching a band play at the hard rock. Mm -hmm. And I, I was playing at, I was playing at the hard rock in a with a local band in the, uh, the lounge area, actually like the front main, whatever now it's changed, they've built on a new thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I was playing there and I had, a, I had a kick I had, I had this little traveler kick kit, you know, like a little little six inch by 20 uh, kick drum is a pearl kick drum right and that ride cymbal crash hi-hat snare drum that's it wow and he came he you know you could stand right near you you know like you standing there and I'm, I'm playing this thing and, and we're playing all this and i could turn the off and on the, the snare drum to make it sound like a time i'm working you know i work the hell out of it to make it sound like a bigger kit mm -hmm. And he, he called me the next day and he goes, I've never seen anybody play a drum kit like that. Like, th like two drums and three, like a, just, I've never, he goes, That's, it blew me away. And I, I wasn't with his company mm -hmm. and he was just that kind of person that, right. And, and he never tried, Hey, you want to come back? He was never like, he, it was, he said, there's an open door. Obviously when I left, he called me and said, you know, Hey, if you ever want to come back, it's open door always. So, you know, that kind of thing, but, and we still did business together with other product that I bought from, you know, and stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, so we had a relationship, but I, I was just so like, oh my, you know, I, you know, everybody. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> right. you know like, you know, all these guys, Carmine's like your best friend or whatever. I mean, you just, you know, I've never seen anybody play like that I mean, to make it musical on two drums, you know, and right. like, Hey, you know, I'm. I'm trying my best because I don't want to carry the rest of the shit in here. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. But yeah, I miss him. I miss old Elliot. He was a good guy. Because uh, how long have you been in Tampa? Pretty much your whole life? or No, about 20. I've been married probably 28 years now. Yeah, we just celebrated our 24-year anniversary, 26 together. So I was here two years before that. It's 90. 93 i think i moved here 92 or 93 okay so, yeah so chances are we played the same stages oh yeah probably I'm well, sure I, I was Rocket i was in Club, that I, Club. I, well i never played no i was in a top 40 band so i actually i had the house gig 
at the Adams Mark. Uh, okay. On the right. on Clearwater Beach. That's a pretty now sweet play. Yeah, I played there from ninety either ninety two or ninety three whenever I moved here mm-hmm. to uh, two thousand. They toured down in two thousand, and then we went to Shepherds, and we were the house gay, band for I think about another six years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was like six days a week. I think Shepherds was five days a week, but we played like six days a week at the the Adams Mark. And That's uh, nice paycheck. Yeah, well, <laughs> back then it was yeah it was okay, you know, but. Um, uh, but we, yeah, we, we, it was like two girls, I think four guys. It was a six piece, I believe something like that. Mm-hmm. And the whole dancing, whole, you know, playing Miami sound machine. I didn't play metal back then. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then I started playing with Camelot and it, it was like, can you play double bass? I'm like, sure. <laughs> Daddy, <laughs> play, <laughs> play tough 40 I, <laughs> I had a had a double pedal on there but i never you know what i mean <laughs> it's like oh, so the first the first song is 170 bpm <laughs> all the way through and i'm like well, okay <laughs> here we go it's kind of like we, when we mentioned tim young earlier it's kind of yeah, like watching yeah. his world's fastest bp have you seen that video on YouTube of his feet? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like yeah. 896 BPM or something yeah, like that. And just going, yeah. oh my God, come on. What the f-? It's like <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. You gotta yeah. you gotta have a masseuse come in and work your thighs after yeah. a night like that, man. I don't I don't have those chops anymore. <laughs> Since I played with, you know, that last four years, because there's you know, it's hard, there's not as much double bass in, in the, the Queensrack stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of songs that might have eight bars of it, and that's about mm-hmm. it, you know. Yeah, I don't, those, those chops, I mean, I, I, well, I shouldn't say that I've done a, I did a, it's not out yet, but it's going to be out. I believe it's this year. It might get pushed, who knows, but it's a video game with a lot of uh, metal guys on it. And uh, it's basically like when you play the game, uh, the music changes, I guess you, it kind of changes what you're doing. So I think we had to do, I had to do a ton of music. It was like 30 songs or something. I can't remember how many it was, whatever. Wow. And uh, and it's a lot of it had blast beats in it. It had, okay, it was all kind of spectrum of every kind of music you could imagine, you know. So uh, that's called Of Bird and Cage, I believe is what it's called. Um, hmm. But And, uh, and is this going to hit the shelves or? Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be like PlayStation, Xbox, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, Anything uh, else you're working on that you want people to know about? Uh, there's stuff I can't talk about, but you know, other than that, <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are in writing right now anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah, everybody knows about that. I'm just, everybody knows out. that and I'm not going to say anything more. About <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I just, yeah, I'm just hanging out, you know, and, and, you know, if, if we're, you know, I'm just playing some drum parts on, on, you know, we'll see what the next step is. You know, mm-hmm. I never, I've never, I've, I'm happy that I've been here this long, you know, and, and done what I've been doing. And it, it's, it's been amazing. I'm hanging out with great people. I really enjoy their company. And if, if they keep me for another few months, I'm happy with that. So, you know, it's, it's all for me, it's been a ride. So I'm, I'm happy with where, where I'm at with it. So. 